0: Welcome to Catching Curveballs. Join Dr. Moji, a psychology professor at the University in Ohio and her daughter, Yabade, a research scientist in California on a journey of how to make the most of what life throws your way.
1: We hope to make today's podcast as informative and lighthearted as possible. So sit back and join us on this adventure. If you have your own comments or questions, remember to send them to catchingcurveballs at gmail.com or DM us at catchingcurveballspodcast on Instagram. Both are always listed in the show notes in case you want to double check the spelling. In fact, make it easier on yourself and just go ahead and add that email to your contacts list and follow us on Instagram. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and tell your friends, family, and coworkers to listen. The good news is that this will never be one of those podcasts where you're embarrassed to share it or even admit that you listen to it. All right, mom, we're back for another episode. And excitingly, the countdown has started for my trek to see you for Thanksgiving. Well, U.S. Thanksgiving. So dear listeners, we're a little over two weeks out from when the Catching Curveballs duo will be reunited. I guess by the time this airs, it'll actually be a little over a week out. But I'll be heading to see my mom with a pretty lengthy pit stop in Chicago to hang out with my little brother. And although I'm so excited I can barely contain myself, now that I live on the West Coast, it's very tough to plan a trip at this time of year knowing the weather I'll be trading. In exchange for my beautiful sunny weather, I'll be bracing myself for potential snow and extremely cold weather. And even though there can be those abnormally warm days in the Midwest, it's the lows that really get you. Because during the day, you might be seeing more pleasant weather forecasts, but when you see the lows all the way in the 30s, that's a problem. And for our OUS listeners, that's in Fahrenheit and not Celsius. And after living in California, temperatures that low isn't okay to me. It's now to the point where when I visit the Midwest or East Coast during the late fall and winter months, I always ask myself why people suffer like this. Same goes for visiting Toronto during these months. I'll ask myself, do people not know about warmer climates? Because maybe it should become my mission to spread the word about West Coast weather. But regardless, for my family, I'm willing to give all of this up for a few weeks. And mom, Please get the thermostat and hefty blankets ready for me. While we're at it, I do have to mention that traveling during a pandemic definitely wasn't an easy decision to make. And trust me, the family has been having extensive discussions around this and working through testing, planning and risk reduction approaches because we don't take the pandemic lightly. I'm actually personally pretty curious to see firsthand how other states are handling the pandemic because what I hear is far different from what I'm experiencing here in California. At this point, it's starting to feel as if this state is on the extreme with the precautions in place and countless restrictions when compared to other parts of the country. Okay, let me not spend this entire episode talking about my trip. Mom, how's life on your end?
0: Life at my end is great, my daughter. I am as excited, if not more excited than you are, about your forthcoming visit. Do not worry about the weather at my end. Just prepare for it. And you know I'll prepare to make sure you have a marvelous time with me. Fortunately, I'll be rounding up my semester teaching around the time of your visit because this is going to be a shorter semester at my university. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, students who've been on campus will not be returning after the Thanksgiving holidays. So when we in the U.S. talk about our Thanksgiving holidays, that's a hint that it's time to begin preparations for the Christmas holidays and that the year is coming to an end. And oh yes, Many people are looking forward to the year 2020 ending while hoping that the year 2021 will be better in all ways.
1: Most definitely. Let's hope 2021 has far better in store for us than this year did. I feel as if listeners are probably really relieved that today's intro wasn't very heavy. And what's even better is that we have another exciting topic to explore. Today, we're discussing the bandwagon effect. And for full disclosure, my mom and I actually really struggled with this one because it's such a fascinating phenomenon that many would argue is highly relevant, especially during election season. But some of the considerations overlap so much with our actor-observer bias episode that we worried it was almost cheating. Because we want to cover enough topics that differ yet are still very influential in each and every one of our lives, but we don't want to make things redundant. And after extensive deliberation, we came to the conclusion that although both the bandwagon effect and actor observer bias are forms of cognitive bias, there really are major differences between the two concepts and so much new material that we'll be able to introduce here today. Hopefully, each and every one of you feels the same. Okay, another aside. By now, I think I've mentioned it often enough to the point where I'm a broken record, but I love learning about the brain and memory. It's so unbelievably interesting. And most of us are visual learners, so what I'm getting ready to say will apply for a large proportion of us. But to retain information, there's this technique known as visualization and association, or VNA. Think of it like a memory boost in which you mentally create a picture, I mean, truly think of it as if you're painting or drawing a picture, framing it and hanging it up on your living room wall. Genuinely get that descriptive with it. I retain information best using this format, and anytime I think of the bandwagon effect, the framed painting I have is this vivid image of a parade with this bright, vibrant float that a ton of people are on, and everyone surrounding this float is so enraptured with the design and the number of people already on the float that they're ignoring their own float or what they were previously doing and now following along with the bright and shiny float. So what I'm trying to say is that part of what makes this phenomenon seem so familiar to all of us is the ease in which we can create this visual. You hear this term once and the brushstrokes start going and your painting is quickly completed. However, there's so much more to it and we're really going to dive into the concept and the significant impact this tendency can have on your behaviors, your beliefs, your attitudes, and importantly, those of others around you. And with all of that out of the way, Mom, what exactly is the bandwagon effect?
0: My daughter, as our listeners, might be familiar with what I typically say when you ask for a definition or description of a topic for discussion. Researchers conceptualize the bandwagon effect in several ways. First, what is the meaning of bandwagon? Two meanings in the English dictionary are, quote, A usually ornate and high wagon for a band of musicians, especially in a circus parade and a popular party, faction, or cause that attracts growing support, often used in such phrases as jump on the bandwagon, end of quote. In a 2014 study, the researchers described the bandwagon effect as adopting a technology due to fad and fashion. The effect accelerates adoption but often leads to ineffective technology implementation. A few years later, in a 2018 study, investigators conceptualized the bandwagon effect which other investigators sometimes refer to as the bandwagon queue or the bandwagon pressure or the bandwagon phenomenon as increased demand for luxury goods due to their popularity, especially among famous people.
1: Okay, so simply put, the bandwagon effect is a psychological phenomenon in which people do something mainly because other people are doing that thing, regardless of their own beliefs. And in doing so, they often overlook or even overrule their own beliefs to quote-unquote jump on the bandwagon. What is the origin of the term bandwagon? Because like I mentioned, it's easy to create a visual after hearing this word, which makes it very catchy, but why was it ever coined this way?
0: As I alluded to earlier on, the term comes from the phrase, quote, Jump on the bandwagon. Historically, the bandwagon literally was a conveyance of the band attached to a circus. People used this wagon also to ferry successful political candidates and their followers during their campaigns. And as we've introduced, the bandwagon effect is the tendency of an individual to acquire a particular style behavior, or attitude because everyone else is doing it. It is a phenomenon whereby the rate of uptake of beliefs, ideas, fads, and trends increases with respect to the proportion of others who have already done so. As more people come to believe in something, others also quote, hop on the bandwagon, regardless of the underlying evidence. Following the actions or beliefs of others can occur because individuals prefer to conform or because individuals derive information from others. An example of this is fashion trends, where the increasing popularity of a certain garment or style, encourages more people to, quote, get on the bandwagon.
1: I realize people reference this phenomenon in numerous aspects of life, from political views or voting decisions to even news stories or, as you've mentioned, fashion trends. But from your perspective, what are the various ways that this phenomenon is exploited to influence our behaviors?
0: There are countless ways that the bandwagon effect is used to alter our behaviors or strongly influence our day-to-day decision-making. Social psychologists have studied this tendency of people to bring in line their beliefs and behaviors with those of others in a group, which they refer to as herd mentality. An example is with marketing or advertisement. Bandwagon advertising is a specific type of propaganda advertising technique that tries to get the target audience to jump on board in order not to, quote, miss out on what everyone else is doing. A goal is to address the fear of missing out, so such advertising addresses the desire of the target audience to be included. It can also take shape in politics and is commonly referred to as bandwagon effect politics. In this setting, the bandwagon effect might cause citizens to vote for the person who appears to have more popular support because they want to belong to the majority. In fashion, many people begin wearing a certain style of clothing as they see others adopt the same fashions. With music, As more and more people begin listening to a particular song or musical group, it becomes more likely that other individuals will listen as well. Similarly, with social networks, as increasing numbers of people start using certain online social networking websites, other individuals become more likely to begin using those sites as well. The bandwagon effect can also influence how posts are shared as well as interactions within online groups. Researchers have also studied medical bandwagons, the overwhelming acceptance of unproved but popular ideas, which have led to inappropriate therapies for numerous patients and have impeded the development of more appropriate treatments. This also carries over to diet trends. When it seems like everyone is adopting a certain fad diet, people become more likely to try the diet themselves. For instance, one time it was the Atkins diet, another time the paleo diet, another time the Mediterranean diet and so on. And it doesn't end here. This effect is also used in finance, investment decisions, entertainment, and many other areas.
1: It's clear that it would have been easier if I had asked which aspects of our lives are immune to this effect. Answer would probably be none. Which makes me wonder, why is the bandwagon effect so prominent? Or actually, why does it even exist at all?
0: There are several reasons why the phenomenon occurs. As human beings, we are highly influenced by the pressure and norms exerted by the groups we belong to or identify with. When it seems like the majority of the group is doing a certain thing, not doing that thing becomes increasingly difficult. In some scientific studies, researchers have identified other factors that influence the bandwagon effect. In one study, not only the content of online videos, but also how many other viewers that were viewing them and how they were reacting to them mattered. That is size, opinion, and identity. A 2020 study showed that view counters and comments affect media enjoyment through perceptions of audience size and collective opinion, respectively. Within the context of politics, investigators have examined the role of emotions in the effect of opinion polls on vote choice. Results of the 2013 German elections showed that anxiety and enthusiasm mediated the effect of poll exposure on vote choice. In addition, the researchers found that the effect of polls on vote choice had consequences on how the media presented the polls. Polls were more than neutral interim campaign statistics as they influenced vote choice and do so partly because of the emotions they evoked. In another study, investigators found that enthusiasm and anxiety had an indirect effect on vote choice only through their role in altering how people made that decision. Enthusiasm reinforced existing attitudes and beliefs, which therefore led to voting for an already favored party more often. Anxiety prompted reconsideration of previously held beliefs, possibly increasing doubts about this party, which made casting a vote for this party less likely, even if this party was favored initially. Anxiety also heightened careful attention to the issue at hand. It will be interesting to study whether there is a bandwagon effect in the recently concluded U.S. presidential election and the role of other psychological factors that I have not mentioned so far on vote choice. Bandwagon effect also occurs due to what researchers call groupthink. This is the tendency for other people to hop on the bandwagon as more people adopt a particular fad or trend. There is a tremendous pressure for people to imitate when it seems that everyone is doing something. That is probably why the bandwagon behaviors tend to form relatively easily. In addition, bandwagon effect tends to occur because human beings have a need to be included. We have a need to belong and we have a fear of exclusion, FOE. Generally, we do not want to be the odd person and by going along with others, we are ensuring that we are being included and socially accepted. Finally, generally, we all have the desire to be correct or accurate. We want to be on the winning team, so to speak. One of the reasons people imitate is to be like others, others in their groups. We seek for information that is right or okay from members of our groups. If you are acting like others, then it seems that you are doing the right thing. While the bandwagon effect can be very powerful and leads to the ready formation of trends, these behaviors also tend to be somewhat fragile. People jump onto the bandwagon quickly, but they also jump off the bandwagon just as quickly.
1: It's so remarkable to hear all of that. And yes, especially in light of the recent election discussions. Part of what I can't help but notice is that the bandwagon effect isn't restricted to societies with authoritarian or autocratic leadership styles. Because to a degree, I would automatically think of circumstances in which your safety and that of your loved ones depends on your ability to conform and embrace that groupthink mindset, or at least project the impression that you do. In those societies, or for those living in countries under communist rule or with a constitutional monarchy in place, I'd of course expect for this effect to be entrenched in their existence because, quite frankly, it could be the difference between existing and not existing. But in other parts of the world or in other settings, it's so interesting to see how prominent this effect is and to hear some of these underlying driving factors— You first mentioned the natural influence of others we identify with or members of a group we belong to, and I can respect that. Yet at the same time, I can't help but wonder if we feel as if we're part of a particular group, wouldn't we feel comfortable enough thinking through what we as individuals envision for ourselves rather than just doing so because the rest of the group is doing so? Maybe I'm embracing the maverick mindset far too much and not thinking realistically, but when I'm in a group or setting in which I'm very comfortable with or feel as if I can really relate to those around me, I tend to also feel far more comfortable saying, actually, I don't agree or I don't see it that way or I don't get it, so I'm just going to continue doing what I believe I should be doing, even if that means I'm the odd one out. But at the same time, I do understand the pull or inclination to do as those around us are, because when I'm also in a group setting in which I feel as if I really identify with other group members, I do tend to have a part of me that ends up thinking, well, if they're doing something, I trust them. So there has to be some merit and value in at least trying it myself. So I suppose for me, it's more a case that I can appreciate the desire to be part of the crowd, but I don't necessarily feel obligated to hop on board. If we're returning to my painting, I definitely will look at the exciting float that many people seem to be on or hopping on, and I'll analyze it carefully. But if it's not really in line with my core beliefs or interests, I'll just return to paying attention to my own float, even if that means it's just me on the float. I also appreciate how you mentioned the effect really is multi-directional. It's not just as if it guides people supporting a particular trend or idea, it can also be observed as people jump off the bandwagon. All right, so far we've explored this effect in more positive ways, but I can easily see how the bandwagon effect leads to destructive or detrimental results. Can you provide a few not-so-positive examples of this effect?
0: In as much as some bandwagons are worth joining, there are dangerous examples of the bandwagon effect. For instance, individuals who the anti-vaccination movement influenced have become less likely to get routine childhood immunizations for their children. Some experts are of the opinion that the recent resurgence of measles is due to a growing number of parents forgoing vaccinating their children. Researchers have also found that when people learn that a particular candidate is leading in the polls, they are more likely to change their vote to conform to the winning side. For instance, in one study carried out during the 1992 U.S. presidential election, students who learned that Bill Clinton was leading the race in some polls switched their intended vote from Bush to Clinton. The researchers concluded that opinions reflect polls rather than polls reflect opinions.
1: I could never imagine letting the polls guide my vote. Of all things, absolutely not a chance. With all of that in mind, how can we avoid the bandwagon effect? Or at least steer clear of hopping on those bandwagons with adverse consequences?
0: To be on the safe side, and because sometimes we do not know when the bandwagon effect will be beneficial or costly, It is best that we always cross-check the information we consume, including those we obtain on the internet or any media for that matter. Checking the legitimacy of any information is paramount. We must try not to jump to conclusions. When we jump to conclusions, we permit the bandwagon effect to be as effective as it is. We also should try to be more open-minded. Do not use the past, be it past actions, experiences, and so forth to solely determine our present or future actions.
1: I love those so much. And as usual, in order to keep up with my mom, I peruse through quite a bit of literature on the bandwagon effect, including on groupthink. As my mom mentioned earlier, groupthink being one of the potential contributors to the bandwagon effect. In reviewing the available literature on groupthink, which actually I should mention that there is surprisingly such a large body of material on this topic that I struggle to settle on one to share. But all by myself, without the influence of any others, I selected John Levine and Michael Hogg's Encyclopedia of Group Processes and Intergroup Relations. Why, you may ask? Well, whenever I see any book referenced as the encyclopedia of anything, I'm going for it. Plain and simple. And this book didn't let me down because it covers such a large volume of topics that I was just blown away. I obviously haven't finished the entire encyclopedia, but this book is my new best friend. In this encyclopedia, they have an entry on groupthink that includes methods for overcoming it in the decision-making process. Before I proceed, these methods are framed for application in a group setting, and so I'll be modifying them extensively based on my own experiences and some of the other books I consulted prior to this episode. I also won't cover every single method they mention, just those I've been able to modify enough to apply to everyday life. To start, the first technique is to consult with an expert on the subject or a person you trust. Obviously, there won't be experts on every single topic, and of course, we don't expect you to go to someone to talk through every single decision you make throughout the day. But for those more impactful or significant decisions you're making, or even the content you're ingesting on the news, via social media, or even hearing at work or in school, be mindful of who you're receiving the information from. Are you receiving it from subject matter experts? Are you receiving it from someone you trust? Because if the answer is a no, then it begs the question that there might be additional considerations not being shared or not even thought of by the individual providing you with that information. So before you run with that information or adopt a particular view, ask yourself who's actually disseminating that information and whether they're doing so in an all-inclusive manner or potentially a more biased way. Next is to find a devil's advocate. And not to worry if you don't have a contrarian in your life, because that devil's advocate can be yourself. Think through the pros and cons of a particular topic or as you're making a decision. And this is where it pays off to actually embrace that devil's advocate role or find someone who might feel otherwise or has taken another direction. Actually listen to that person or listen to those oppositional thoughts if you're playing that role. There truly are two sides to every coin, and it's worth taking the time to flip that coin rather than focusing on just one side. And I encourage all of you to do that throughout the day. Make it a habit to keep flipping that coin and thinking through various perspectives as you consume material or interact with others. Another method is to hold a second chance meeting after a decision has been made. Think of this in terms of revisiting your more important decisions at another point in time. If today you feel so certain, or let's say this evening you feel completely sure, take the time to reevaluate and work through flipping that coin at another time. For example, if you feel convinced you've reached a conclusion tonight, don't completely close the box on it. It's worth reopening tomorrow morning to see whether there might be additional considerations you hadn't previously thought of. All right, mom. I need to start packing for my upcoming trip, so let's wrap up and have you share your quote for today.
0: For today, my daughter, I actually have two quotes to share with our listeners. The first quote is by Zig Ziglar, and I quote, one of the greatest challenges in life is being yourself in a world that's trying to make you like everyone else, end of quote. My next quote is by Booker T. Washington. And I quote, A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. End of quote. Well, that is all for now. Thank you for spending time with us.
1: Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can follow us on Instagram at podcast. That's podcast. And if you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it.
0: We cannot wait to connect with you soon.